Sticks and stones may break my bones, but your words and silence will surely hurt me. That today and more on The Grid. The Grid, a digital frontier. I pictured patriots as they moved throughout our country. Do they look like individuals or small business? Were the rallies like church? I keep dreaming of a world I hope to one day see. And then, today, I got in. Hello, fellow Americans. This is Chris Coleman, your host with the Kingdom Patriot Group. Welcome to The Grid, where faith, politics, and commerce intersect. My dad always says that freedom is not passed on through DNA, but rather it must be fought for and protected by every generation. That is why it is never too early to be involved in faith, politics, and commerce. I'm only 14 years old, and I'm already a Kingdom Patriot. You should be too. Join the fight for faith and freedom. Go to kingdompatriot.us today. Welcome to this week's News in Review. Today's theme is, My Confidence Couldn't Be Lower. So speaking of confidence in our leadership, are you really with us when you are supposed to be the leader of the free world and you can't even read a teleprompter? Seriously, this is what Biden said in a recent speech. He stated, It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. He then read the next set of directions out loud. Repeat the line, he said, before reciting the quote again and continuing to the next part of the address, as if nothing had happened. You think that sounds bad? How about listening to it in his own words? It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who registered to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so. End of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political, or, or maybe precise, not and or, or political. Do I really need to say more? Speaking of gaffes, you know it's bad when you're being described as a word salad. Kamala Harris keeps lowering the bar and still consistently fails to meet those reduced expectations. For example, CBS News correspondent Robert Costa asked Harris on Friday where Democrats, both in the White House and in Congress, failed to codify the federal protection of abortions in the nearly 50 years since the president was established. Her response, I think that, to be very honest with you, I do believe that we should have rightly believed, but we certainly believe that certain issues are just settled. Certain issues are just settled, as Harris responded. Well, clearly we're not, Costa replied. No, that's right, Harris said. That's why I do believe that we are living, sadly, in real unsettled times. Wow. And it's not like this is just a one-off for the VP. On Tuesday, Harris spoke during her visit to Highland Park, Illinois, following the mass shooting on the Independence Day Parade. And this is what she said. We've got to take this stuff seriously, as seriously as you are, because you have been forced to take this seriously. Uh, yeah, okay. There's no better description than word salad. And you know what dressing Harris uses? Yep, you guessed it. Russian. This lady is but a heartbeat from the throne, so to speak. Over and over she proves that we should do everything in our power to make sure that Biden is healthy enough to carry out his duties. Because this lady is waiting in the wings. In our cultural segment, the National Education Association, more commonly known as the NEA, and is the largest teachers union in the United States, created some serious controversy this week when they had a proposal to replace mother with birthing parent. Now there's something that follows natural law. Someone other than a female birthing a child. Asexual frogs can do it, but the last time I checked, Genesis says that God made male and female. 
The NEA proposed a resolution Wednesday that would change the word mother in their contracts to birthing parents to be more inclusive to trans parents. Just another example of trying to call what is not as though it is. Just because I dream of having long tusks and basking in the sun on a Pacific beach does not make me a walrus. Okay, in our political segment, a few minutes ago, I just mentioned Biden's lost battle with the teleprompter. And he did that when he was announcing his executive order to create more protections for abortion. But honestly, he's just throwing a bone to his far-left coalition. His executive orders were designed to not permit states that have restrictions on abortions to restrict a person's access across state lines if they want to go there to get an abortion. But no state is actually trying to do that. And they couldn't do it legally even if they wanted to. This executive action is for pop and circumstance. But it definitely shows that the Dems will resort to unlegislated action to get what they want. Also, Pete Buttigieg, Bernie Sanders, and several others are positioning themselves to make a primary run in the 2024 election as everyone, and I mean everyone, has lost confidence in Joe Biden. Well, everyone except Biden himself. He doesn't really have a clue. Also, remember the border patrols on horseback who whipped the illegal immigrants, but turns out they didn't? Instead, they were using their reins to whip, a.k.a. spur the horse to move. Yeah, those guys, they're being punished anyway because politics and photo ops matter more than the truth. Oh, and it turns out that Biden was lying when he said he never talked to Hunter Biden about his dealings overseas. We don't have a memo. We don't have a text. No, all we have now is the bombshell voicemail in which daddy tells him you're in the clear. And by the way, if you're keeping score, Biden's approval rating is lower than Trump's at any time during Trump's presidency. Every major polling source shows Biden well south of 40%. Folks, that is historically all-time bad. In economic news, Larry Kudlow reports that we're on a front end of a recession. What do you think? Folks, this is shaping up to be bad. I heard this week that even though the federal interest rate is north of 1%, it might take 55 to 6% interest rates to curb this inflation. We're talking mortgages in the 8 to 10% range. That will kill home sales and pretty much most private sector investment. The economy will eventually slow, then jobs will be lost, homes will foreclose. It's trickle-down economics in reverse. This is not what Reagan envisioned. Prepare yourselves now. In the world news segment, the former prime minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, was sadly assassinated this week, and he was shot to death. But how can that be since guns are outlawed in Japan and private ownership is not allowed? Oh, wait. Wait for it. It turns out the gun was homemade out of wood and metal. I'll let you draw your own conclusions about gun control. Also, Elon Musk is threatening to back out of the Twitter purchase because Twitter has still refused to turn over data that would prove their claim that less than 5% of their accounts are spam bots. This has huge implications, but I'm guessing this is going to result in Musk still buying Twitter, but they're going to have to negotiate a lower price. And lastly, Biden is reported to have sent another $400 million in aid to Ukraine. Now, unlike many conservatives, I actually don't mind us supporting Ukraine because I think we have significant national interest in Ukraine remaining sovereign, especially because they control a large portion of the world's wheat and have geographic strategic interest in that region. However, I just want us to do it wisely. Again, how much would it have cost us if we'd moved all those tanks, jeeps, weapons, and equipment from Afghanistan, you know, the ones that we just abandoned, if we'd move those to the Ukrainian border and use it as a deterrent so that Putin would not have invaded Ukraine at all. Such a waste. I trust this administration to do the right thing the right way at the right time. 
about as much as I trust Satan to be kind and compassionate towards God's people. For this week's news and review, that's a wrap. Well, greetings, fellow Americans and patriots, and welcome to our first episode of season two. Today, I welcome a very special guest and close friend, Clay Carroll. Hi, Clay. Hey, Chris. It's so good to be here. I am really excited about talking with you today. I've known you ever since college, and I've really enjoyed it. And I just wanted to introduce myself a little bit. I'm married. I have five wonderful kids and a great wife. I work in the healthcare industry. I've been doing that for about 25 years. And I'm also the founder and CEO of Mercantile Mountain, where we are American-based business with American suppliers. Uh, so check us out sometime. But anyway, I'm excited for this topic today. Silence is violence. And hey, I'm going to put a quick plug in for you. If you're at our website at kingdompatriot.us and you click on our store, you'll see that Clay's business, Mercantile Mountain, has an entire line devoted to Kingdom Patriot branded merchandise. So just putting a little plug in there. So we're getting together today to talk about silence is violence. And I have to put a plug in for, because really this came about because of one of our listeners. They pointed out in our previous podcast, it was actually in our first season, it was episode 32. And we did a whole podcast on words are violence. This listener reached out to us and said, you know what, Chris, you guys did not go far enough. It was good, but there's a part that you missed. And that is that it's no longer just words are considered violence, but that actually silence is violence. Literally, the silence to openly agree and advance a promoted agenda. If you don't do that, you're in itself, in and of itself, committing violence. Clay, have you heard of this before? This specific incidence of this, no, I have not. But it does remind me of something. It reminds me of back a year ago when... Uh, with uh, Black Lives Matter. So it's, it's reminds me of almost a, a basically a communist agenda. That's really interesting. And I don't know if we'll get into it today, but it, what it reminds me is that it's always something else. It's never just enough on one item. It just, it seems like this culture continues to push. There's always something different. I mean, even as I kind of tongue in cheek talked about sticks and stones might break my bones. Well, you know, it kind of used to be that way. That if you and I were to talk about violence when we were in college, we were talking about somebody hit somebody, right? And then it became, well, you said something that I don't agree with. So now that's considered offensive. And then it became, well, you said something I don't agree with. And now that's violence. And now that's gone to, well, words are violence. Well, what is the natural progression? Ironically, I'm reading the book 1984 right now. It's been many, many years since I've read it. And they talk about the thought police. Well, at what point do our thoughts become violence? I mean, that's a whole nother podcast, but that's just some of the things that are coming to my mind. Right. And that's actually where I was going with that. It's amazing that you brought up 1984, because in communism, it's a great idea until you try to implement it. And it quickly turns to the fact that you have to have the perfect human and the perfect people. And so the only way to do that is to have everybody think and believe the exact same way. Well, obviously, that's never going to happen, but that's where how communism quickly goes wrong because they have to control everything you think and say. You have to agree with the state or the culture or you're wrong. Well, that's not what our constitution says. Our constitution says we have the freedom to be really basically annoying, <laughs> you know? No, not only that, I think that, um, again, we could probably just dovetail on these kind of things all day because 
it just invokes so much intellectual curiosity. I think one of the biggest agendas of these pushes is diversity. That's what you hear is diversity, diversity, diversity. Yet with these kinds of pushes, the one thing that you miss is actually diversity of thought. This idea of having uniform, single thought, 100% agreement and support actually is the antithesis of diversity, at least from an intellectual, theological perspective. So I look forward to diving into this topic today. When we return, we'll jump in to some examples of what other people have to say about this particular topic, silence is violence. You're listening to The Grid, a podcast production of the Kingdom Patriot Group. You can find us on the web at kingdompatriot.us. Join us in the fight for faith and freedom. Mondays on your favorite podcast platform. Okay, our first example today, Clay, actually comes from an article in The Hill that talks about how violence, silence is violence and how it threatens true free speech and even public civility. So I'm just going to read a couple excerpts from this article. Quote, silence is violence. It has everything that you want in a slogan from brevity to simplicity, but it can also be chilling for some in the academic and free speech communities. On one level, it conveys the powerful message that people of good faith should not remain silent about great injustices, but it can at the same time have a much more menacing meaning to prove the negative by demanding that people show that they are not racist. The article continues, it is the very mantra of orthodoxy, failing to utter certain words or prayers or pledges is a confession of complicity or guilt. That demand for public affirmation was on display once more as Senator Rand Paul and his wife were threatened by a mob after leaving an event during the Republican National Convention. They were told to say her name in reference to Breonna Taylor, the emergency medical technician shot by the police in Louisville. Some media suggested the mob did not know who Paul was. They just demanded that he say the name if he wanted to pass. That, that is sobering. That is sobering, that, that thought process. When you listen to me read that article, and you see this push to actually have to say words, to have to agree, to have to plead allegiance to a cause, or otherwise you're violent. What is it that comes to your mind, Clay? What comes to mind is that a lot of these people are just being used as useful idiots because the mindset or the concept that gets you to, to that point where you're trying to force other people to say or believe how you say or believe or you're violent, again, that goes back to communism. I don't think all these people are like communists or whatever, but unknowingly, they're espousing these principles that people have active agendas to bring our country to socialist and communist. These people are unknowingly pushing these agendas in our society and culture by doing that. You know, Clay, when we, you and I were talking earlier, you mentioned January 6th as a prime example. Can you share what you, are, what you and I were talking about? Well, yeah. So basically back at the first of this year, I can't remember exactly the date, the Homeland Security, they put out an article of who they consider domestic terrorists, veterans, people who don't believe the narrative of January 6th, people who don't believe the narrative of President Trump losing the election, that it was stolen. They actually, that's an actual list on Homeland Security. You can look it up. And so what they're saying is, if you don't believe the same way we want you to believe you are considered violent. So that's the same mentality 
that you see these mobs of people going running around doing and saying the feminist, all the transgender, everything else. I think that's a great point. In fact, I've heard the term ultra MAGA crazy supporters, crazy Trump supporters. I've heard that used multiple times. When you shared that with me earlier, Clay, the thing that really struck me, if you're on this podcast listening, you're saying, well, how does that relate to silence is violence? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make the dots clear from what Clay was saying. A domestic terrorist is the case in point definition of violence. A terrorist is someone who resorts to extreme violence. And as Clay was saying, if you don't buy into the narrative and you get labeled into one of these categories, that's what you've become in the eyes of those who see you as not conforming. Right. So anyway, I I think that was a fantastic point. It's kind of scary, actually. Again, this is not diversity of thought. This is marching to the drumbeat of this communist mindset. When we come back from break, we're going to take a look at another example that might be surprising as we're going to look to the church. Here at the Kingdom Patriot Group, we have a vision to restore America to her foundational principles. To help you do your part to restore the country, is there a particular topic we could cover that you would find helpful? If so, email us at admin at kingdompatriot.us. That's admin at kingdompatriot.us. US. We'd love to hear from you today. Okay, as I said before we went on break, we're going to dive into a surprising article that comes from the church. This actually comes from United Methodist Church, and there's an article on silences violence. And I'm going to do just what I did before, Clay. I'm going to read some excerpts of that of that article, and then we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. The, the article starts at the rally. I saw signs, Mama, George Floyd. I can't breathe. Eric Garner and George Floyd. But that sign convicted me the most, said white silence is violence. Silence is violence. We cannot be silent anymore. We cannot be more concerned about offending people than we are about people of color being killed by police. We cannot simply condemn racism. We need to be anti-racist. My commitment to racial equality comes not out of shame or guilt, but a deep love between sisters and a deep love of Christ. Christ calls us out of our own brokenness so we might serve others through loving God and neighbor. That deep love makes me want to examine my own behaviors and actions. That deep love has given me the opportunity to see my privilege and to call me out of apathy. Folks, this article comes from the United Methodist Church. And instead of focusing on how Christ sees people, there's this admission to privilege and that apathy is at the root cause. Clay, when we read this article, do do you think they got it right? Wow. So this article, you can be like 90% right and then throw in a little wrong and it's not right. (laughs) So that's kind of where I believe we're at. It's on this silence is violence. What? I mean, seriously, like what person in America did not think what happened to George Floyd was wrong? It had nothing to do with color. And it has nothing to do with hating cops. If there's a bad cop or a bad situation, people want justice. And Americans across the country believe in truth and justice. And it has nothing to do with race or color. So there, again, I think that this is is off because it says, my deep love has given me the opportunity to see my privilege and call me out of apathy. 
well, okay, well, all of us have to always question ourselves and make sure that we're trying to be the best person that we can be and loving God more every day. You know, that's going to be an ongoing thing to the last dying breath, right? But that has nothing to do with color, right? So this is just off the deep end, really, if you ask me. I would agree. I mean, it sets me off a little bit is that 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 last part to recognize my privilege sounds like a contradiction to where he says, racial equality comes not out of shame or guilt. But when you say I've got privilege, there is an element of shame. Because I know people are shamed into admitting, oh, I have white privilege, I have this, or I have that. And so I, I just, it, we're right. going to talk about it later, uh, what scripture says about this. But I just, I don't know, it just, it really kind of sets me wrong that that, that is this approach, because I don't think, I, I can't find anything in scripture that talks about we should accept privilege, that we should accept that we are guilty for someone else's sins. I just don't see that. I, I, do you see that in scripture? No. And it goes back to the communist mindset again, like you see this happening where they're talking about the white, the white colonist privilege. What? I mean, seriously, like this is crazy. And so, no, it's in this agenda to oppress a certain pe- certain group of people or just to get you in line with the thinking so that you're subservient. So I don't see this at all in scripture at all. In fact, it's, I feel like it's totally against scripture. Yeah, I, I think so. And I know when I read something like this, I, what I'm really concerned about is the bullying and the pressure, this pressure that if I'm actually silent on what I truly think, feel, and believe, I'm doing it because I fear the repercussions. The whole silence is violence is actually a pathway to anti-free speech and absolute mob rule. Exactly. For our final segment, we're going to talk about what we've been doing here at the Kingdom Patriot Group, and that is to talk about and debate and discuss the intersection of faith, politics, and commerce, because we see them overlap in all of these issues. Okay, like I said, we want to take a moment to talk about the faith, the political, and the commercial perspectives of this particular issue, silence is violence. And as always, um, and I think you would agree with me, Clay, that we can find a roadmap in Scripture. So I wanted to spend a moment to share Philippians 2, 3 through 4. It says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. You know, these movements, these causes, these racial and ideological differences, they're designed to create division. They have to create chaos. They have to create conflict. They have to remove individual responsibility. Why? Because that is what's necessary to validate overthrowing the system. But yet, if we look to scripture, can can anybody imagine society not being a better place if we followed that? If we just approach this with humility and decided to treat our neighbor more important than even ourselves? Clay, um, there's another scripture to read that that I think really ties in, and that's Galatians 3, 26 through 29. Do you mind reading that? So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourself with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. For you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to his promise. I love that scripture. You know, as you share that, I see that that Christ is colorblind. He's blind to nationality. 
He's blind to our differences. He's blind even to male and female. Now, I, people could run with that. I'm not saying that he's, he's, he's blind to gender. That's absolutely not true. He's blind that one group is above another group. The only defining feature is whether or not you are in Christ. At least that's what I see. Is that how you see it? Yes, I, I think it goes back to like our country is a Judeo-Christian country. At least that's the foundation of it. And that's why like we are Americans. We're not, you know, that's why we've always grown up. And now they're trying to, in the last so many years, bring all this division. But we've had the Judeo-Christian value of we are all equal. And that even shows in our constitution. We are all created equal, right? So this is one of the scriptures that could be used to show how our constitution lines up with scripture. Yeah, absolutely agree. Okay, so let's jump into the political perspective uh, for a moment. <laughs> I'm, have, you, have you seen any of these kind of issues just kind of bypass the politics? Or are these, these are like lightning charged, if you ask me. Is that what you see? Oh, yeah. These are like lightning bolts from heaven coming on down all over the place. <laughs> yeah, just totally lightning rods, super divisive. And the problem with silence or violence, I really liked what the one article said, is that the responsibility now relies on me to prove the negative. Instead of someone proving, for example, that I'm racist, I have to prove from a political perspective that I'm not racist. And if I don't virtue signal, if I don't send the right virtue signals, if I don't raise my fist the right way, then I'm one of those evil conservatives who has to be removed from office. Is that, have you kind of seen that same thing, that same mindset? Yes, I have. And also, I also see that this is, is used politically. These different division, divisive things are used politically to distract us. So, so the politicians can further their socialist communist uh, leanings and we don't even recognize it because we're so busy over here talking about trans this or uh, black that or whatever the situation is one week to the other um, that we're all divided. And that's what they exactly want us to be is divided. But what we should see is that we're it's not us, me against you. It's us against these globalist politicians that want to change our country into a power control for them. So it's really us against the politicians. And that's what it's really boiling down to. But we, we've got to see that. Oh, I totally agree. And in fact, as you said that, it really triggered one of my thoughts. And then that was you said it was used as a distraction, even a deception. The other thing that I, that I realized, as you said, that it also reminds me that often these issues are used as a sledgehammer to try to get what a progressive views as the right outcome on law or legislation. It's used as a manipulation tactic. So even when it's not covert and it becomes more overt, it's still being used. So for example, you're not supporting this legislation because you're a racist. You're not supporting this legislation because you're homophobic. Right. And you see how these culture issues get used to try to, to try to create a bully pulpit atmosphere to get some of those conservative congressional leaders to act in a certain way. So anyway, I appreciate you bringing that up because it really, it did trigger that thought in me. So the commerce, our, our last perspective is, is really, how does this affect commerce? Man, this one is huge. We could probably talk for an hour just on this perspective. Businesses are being coerced. 
sometimes even held hostage, or at least politically hostage, to support agendas they don't want any part of. Or if they don't, they're going to face the wrath of the woke mob, which might be just something as simple as being shunned, but, or it could be much worse. They could be outright canceled. They could even be destroyed economically. And businesses are being forced to advance all of these agendas. It's almost like cultural and woke blackmail. Or worse, and to me, this is the other side, you know, capitalism is often referred to as, as, the, as the great evil, according to progressives. But capitalism ends up being almost a self-fulfilled prophecy. It becomes a tainted bias in which unethical business practices are actually incentivized to take advantage, advantage of these cultural movements for one reason, and that's to advance their own profit. And it ends up being that almost that consummate definition of crony capitalism. And if you push back at all, you are a target to be destroyed. What, what do you say about the, uh, the commercial perspective? Yeah, I think that there's these groups, these different liberal groups, and they're very organized and very motivated, and they have an agenda. And most people in America just fall into these things. They don't realize what's going on. In fact, these liberal groups, they're smart. They know what they're doing. And they are using businesses to further their agenda. They incentivize them. They do different things to encourage them that they're going to make a lot of money and buy influencers and things like that. So you don't see that as public, but that's how a lot of these people are, are supporting these things. Like, why did they do that? Because they're being incentivized. A lot of these companies, a lot of these liberal agendas or these woke groups that have power, they have a lot of money and backing and they use that money for advertising or for promoting influencers to advertise certain products. And that's how you get all these different commercials like you couldn't believe. You know, I think that's a great point. And it reminds me that Sean Griffin once said, and I actually said many times, He's believed as, as we sort of move towards the persecution that scripture tells us about, that it would not come from government as much as it would come through commerce. And as you say that, that remind, this just reminded me that that's exactly where we're seeing this. These businesses are incentivized and they're pushing these agendas, sometimes for their own benefit and sometimes out of their own fear, but ultimately it's still resulting in the same thing. It's resulting in a slow walk towards persecution of traditionally held Judeo-Christian values. Clay, that's about all the time we have for today. Any final thoughts? No, Chris, I just really appreciate you having me on. And I've really enjoyed the time with you and talking about these important topics. It's been a real joy. The pleasure is all mine. I can't wait to have you back on for uh, future conversations. In order to expand our audience to like-minded believers and patriots, you have to tell them about us. How do you do that? I'm so glad you asked. Right now, in this moment, hit that follow button on your podcast and give us a five-star rating. Tell your friends and your neighbors about this community. Share any episode on your social media. If you feel compelled to share that photo of little Johnny who fell in a puddle, then surely sharing an episode of The Grid is just as easy. Help us today. Tell others about the Kingdom Patriot Group and this podcast, The Grid. Also, don't forget to visit our website at kingdompatriot.us to join the movement of faith and freedom. That's kingdompatriot.us. Join today so that together we can make a difference. Your membership is appreciated. Your input is valued. Your voice is needed. Music